Well, the country's top rowers and cyclists have scored a significant win over government agency High Performance Sports New Zealand in their bid for better treatment and fairer pay. The Employment Relations Authority has ruled in favour of the Athletes Cooperative, representing a group of 60 rowers and cyclists, saying they have the right to engage in good-faith collective bargaining with high-performance sport. Former rowing great Mahi Drysdale says uh, their existing contracts treat athletes as second-class citizens. He says they have little say over their programmes and the top athletes can only earn up to $70,000 a year. Well, for more on this, we're joined by New Zealand Athletes Federation boss Rob Nicholl. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Corin. So what do you make of this? Uh, yeah, well, look, we're pretty we're pretty pleased with this step. Um, I've, I wouldn't call it a win. It's kind of one of those scenarios where we've been given right to um, to come to the start line and, and enter bargaining, and that's what this particular group of athletes, and we've been supporting them, have been striving to do for quite some time. We're a bit bemused as to why high-performance sport, who, who fund the whole system, haven't wanted to do that. Um, there's been numerous reports into various high-performance sporting environments and calling for the need for athletes to be competently and um, professionally represented around the table and for the parties to work up work up a system that works for everyone and takes care of all the kind of things that you'd want taken care of in mm. your profession. At the crux of this, it's this issue, what, that high-performance sport doesn't believe that it's employing these athletes, is that right? Doesn't consider them employees. Yeah, I, I guess that's one of the reasons they're looking to avoid committing to a process which I suppose um, corrects to what we would regard as a, a pretty strong power imbalance. Um, so the advantage of collective bargaining is a tried and true system whereby parties can come together, you know, negotiate in good faith, share information, treat each other with respect, listen, respond and ultimately reach agreement on terms and conditions of employment. Um, at the moment, the high-performance sports system avoids that by classing the athletes as not being employees. Or so so what does it do? Does it affect, and, sorry to interrupt, does it effectively just say, oh, here's your grant for the year? Pretty much, yeah. It's a take-it-or-leave-it situation. I think if people step back, the taxpayers' money get invested in high-performance sport, and it's about, it's about inspiration, it's about country pride. Um, it's about you know waving the New Zealand flag on the global stage. It's about inspiring our kids to participate in sport because it's healthy for them, it's good for them, it's good for their character development. Theoretically, it should work hand in hand with the education system, the health system, as part of a society that you know we all regard as healthy and we engage with, and, and it's good for us. And when we invest in the education system, we, we call talent, call teachers to come and teach, inspire the kids and. Those teachers are engaged professionally to give a return on the taxpayer investment. Likewise, the medical professionals. When you look at the high-performance sports system, the, the talent is the athletes. They're the ones that are asked to deliver. They, the, the, the movement that's happened over the last 20 or 30 or 40 years in sport is that it's no longer a hobby where they get to work all day and train in the evenings. This is their, They are making a positive choice to say, this is my career, this is my profession, this is what I'm dedicating my life to. For some, like Mahe, you know, upwards of 18 years mm. is at it... the pinnacle. And so they, they want it to be recognised as their career. The irony in this current is that everyone else engaged in the high-performance system, whether it's a physio, a doctor, a coach, a CEO of Sport New Zealand, a, a performance um, analyst at high-performance Sport New Zealand, the performance coaches, they're all treated as employees of mm. contractors. They're all granted full wages. They've all got mortgages. They've all got careers. I understand, the I understand. But what, what I'm curious about... about... Uh, Rob, is where do you draw the line here? Are we talking about amateur athletes mainly, are we, but not necessarily exclusively? I mean, obviously, if you're a rower, it's 
potentially there isn't a world circuit you can go and make money on, is there? I mean, you, you do compete overseas. I, do they get prize money? No, no, no. It's cyclists, not, the on the other hand, though, a cyclist, for example, does would it include a cyclist that could potentially be on a tour overseas as well as riding for New Zealand? I mean, I'm just trying to get a sense of where this sort of fits, where yeah. the parameters no, no, are. No, that's a fair call. And what you're doing is you're looking to enter a process where you work out exactly what that coverage is. So the athletes that are gathered down in Cambridge at the moment, training and rowing, they're not earning income anywhere else. They're rowing for New Zealand. They're training day in, day out. They can't hold down other jobs and careers. They can do a bit of study around the edges of it over a period of time, but they are dedicated to being professional rowers, mentally in their mind. That's their career. That's the choice they've made. And they're happy to do that. They can't go and do it anywhere else. That's the other part to it. If you're a physio, a doctor, a performance coach, you can go and coach or work somewhere else. You've got options. There is no option. If, if yeah. you've chosen to row for New Zealand and you're one of the talent that's you know, the Emma Twigs of the world, etc., um, or a cyclist, and you, and you want to commit to the national high-performance-funded sporting environment, that's your focus and that's the, your the, the, Let like me jump in here again, Rob. I want to jump in here again because the issue around high-performance is interesting. If you were to employ these athletes as opposed to giving them effectively grants or short-term contracts, what would the process be then if they sort of fell out of form and were no longer you know, no longer competing at the level they needed to be? Would there be a difference in how they were dealt with? I mean, currently, presumably, they just don't get the grant the next year. Would it be different if they were employed? Um, no, you can, you can design all this. This is the whole point we're saying. Let's get around the table and let's work out how we do this in a way that respects the individual recognises them while they're there doing the work. Yes, clearly if they fall out of favour or they're not good enough, there needs to be a mechanism that you negotiate and agree that is implemented where they step out of the system. This is not new. We've had rugby players employed in New Zealand since 1996. We've got cricketers, we've got netballers, we've got employment in professional sport in New Zealand. What we're saying is it's time to recognise that when you're funding a high-performance sporting system for the country. The athletes that are committing to that system are, by and large, at the top end, committing full-time. It's their career, it's their profession. They deserve to be recognised alongside everyone else in that environment. The coaches, mm. the physios, the, the, the administrators, they're all getting paid full-time. They're all paying their mortgages. They're, they're all negotiating their contracts, and they all have options. That's what the athletes are saying is, let's work around the table working to design that system that allows for athletes to come in from the, from the you know the development levels, come through, perform for New Zealand, and as they exit, it's all done appropriately. That's the part that's caused big issues in the system. Understand? For a long time. Just finally, do you think if we move to a system where there was that more greater security, that we would see fewer athletes leaving, cyclists leaving because they can't make a living just on the on that and having to ride overseas or whatever? Uh, do you think would, it would lead to a stronger showing at, at ultimately where the, the big test is at the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games and these sort of things where we, as a country, are looking for success? Well, I've been lucky enough to work with this group of athletes now for nearly two years trying to get uh, a process whereby they have confidence and we have confidence they're going to be treated fairly and reasonable in negotiation. And the, so I can repeat what the athletes are telling us. And what they're saying is the wellbeing issues, that the issues that the high-performance sporting system in New Zealand has been fraught with they believe a lot of those would dissipate if they could afford to pay their rent, they could afford to pay you know, their, their, um, their grocery bills, and they could actually just live. They're not asking for a fortune or anything. They just want to be treated fairly and reasonable in their environment they're communicated with. 
they're treated appropriately when the pressure comes on, when things don't work out well, and when they're performing, importantly. And so if you can get to a thing that empowers the athletes, arguably, you're going to get better performance and better cooperation. And, and that's a good thing for the return to the taxpayers' dollars that fund this whole system. That's one of the key things, Corin, is the taxpayers are funding this system and then the athletes have been trying to negotiate with the people that are paid by the system in order for them to get fair and reasonable terms and conditions. But that requires the people paid by the system to actually be prepared to share that. Indeed. And that's where we end up in a bit of trouble. Rob, thank you very much. Interesting thoughts. Thank you very much for that. Rob Nickel, there, New Zealand Athletes Federation boss.